Heads up, you're listening to Fresh Cut, hosted by renowned golf superintendent and sought-after course consultant, Tim Barrier. Every week, Tim and his team pull back the curtain with guests to dissect the details and stories of how the PGA and LPGA prepare courses for tournaments. Don't worry, we won't leave you in the rough or sunk in the drink. So tune in, hit that subscribe button, and relax. And now, here's Tim and Matt Palmquist on the Tee Box with this week's guest. delightful pleasure of having Miss Ashley Husing. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it. In the studio with us. Um, she is a Class A PGA professional and former head golf pro, um, but now she's got a really, really interesting concept show that she's here to tell us about, and it's called 20 and 20. Yes. And her website, you can find her 20and20pro.com. Um, and I'll give you the Instagram handle later on, so that way you've got to tune in and we'll give it to you later. But, Ashley, thank you so much for being here with us. And please do tell the audience and tell us about why you are here. Oh. Well, okay, so thank you very much for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Um, I mean, Tim and I go way back here. So we go we've, way, way back. We've worked together and been well, colleagues. Well, it's not that far back. I mean, not that far back, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, this we've... This is our third time working together, collabing, yeah. uh, being colleagues of some sort. So. Yeah. So uh, I, I was at a, a, a golf club here in San Diego for almost 30 years, and, and Ashley uh, became one of our golf professionals. She was the head golf professional at Rancho Santa Fe Golf Club when I was there for, for many, many years. And I uh, watched her uh, get her Class A status, and, and she went to the Golf Academy. We can talk a little bit about your experience at the Golf Academy. Yes. Uh, I used to teach at the Golf Academy, so I kind of <laughs> understand the, the uh, infrastructure at that place, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about with having Ashley here today is she's got a new endeavor. We're going to talk about her new endeavor. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of golf. Um, we had a little chat right before we sat down. Um, that you were at Torrey Pines, you were at the U.S. Open. Um, I was. And it wasn't as crowded as, as it's been in years past, but tell me about your experience at the U.S. Open at Torrey. Um, I have to say I'm loving the limited spectators, um, yeah. just being one. Oh, um, that's a question I have for a little bit, but yeah, please do. Perfect, continue. perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really, really great experience. You know, they were very cautious of COVID conditions. Mm. Um I would say it was really unique. I had been to the U.S. Open in 2008 at Torrey, so I was fortunate enough to go back again. And I've been to the Farmers, uh, you know, formerly Buick Invitational, quite a few times. So seeing the different events and how they were run was, uh, this year was very unique. Yeah. But Did you get in the rough much? I mean, how bad was it up there? In the, we call that the secondary rough, right? So you get the fairway cut. You got the intermediate cut, which is that six foot wide section. Then you've got the primary cut, and yes. then you got the secondary cut. I mean, you and I were talking a little bit about how Bryson, you know, it, does he hit a fairway? Well, when he misses a fairway, sometimes he misses it so far that he's in that secondary cut that's smashed down by the gallery. Yes. But did you get into any like shin deep stuff? Or oh, how absolutely, was it? absolutely, I Just did. Just impossible. Stuff. It was impossible. It was a bounce, bounce, disappear. It's gone. Yeah. Bye bye. And just getting it out is all you can do. And Bryson, to me, usually, 
it seems like he ends up in that third cut. Oh, <laughs> that's know. called out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one <laughs> wants to be in that cut. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got um, we've got the Open coming up at Royal St. George's, and yeah. we're going to see some some completely different conditions. But you said something a little bit about limited gallery. What's going on at Royal St. George's that you heard? I have heard and read um, quite a bit that they're going to have 32,000 spectators per day. Wow. wow. And um, there's been a little bit of... Uh, feedback from the players, particularly yeah. Ricky Fowler, and I'm, you know, I'm going to read off my little notes here because I want to make sure I get his quote correct. <laughs> but he did say, "It seems like us as players were jumping through some hurdles and dodging bullets, and they're having 32,000 fans a day at a tournament." And I have to say, I I, I agree because I, you know, being at the U.S. Open, 15,000 uh, spectators per day. And, you know, a lot of people, they're following that main group, too, you know, those last couple of groups that are teeing off. So you might have all 32,000 people in one, watching one hole or watching yeah. two holes. So the idea that they're scattered is really, um, you know, yeah, it's not really true. Well, from a player's <laughs> perspective, I think it's difficult because, you know, they got a lot of chitter-chatter. I know Phil was upset a couple of tournaments ago. Uh, there was a lot of go lot going on. In fact, it was Tory. There yeah. was, the spectators were, were loud and kind of getting involved. And, mm -hmm. you know, we talk a little bit about golf IQ. You know, there's a <laughs> lot of golfers out there. And I'm talking to you. You don't have a very high golf IQ when it comes to, you know, being at a tournament and knowing how to carry yourself, uh, but also knowing about how the world of golf really works. And that's, to a certain extent, what this show's about, is to show that, you know, one of the things I really hate is people that show up at golf tournaments with their golf shoes on. That drives me absolutely crazy. So would you say, is it safe to say they're not living golf fit? Well, okay, well, it fits right in her wheelhouse nice. for sure. For sure. Oh, so, by the way, Instagram, living golf fit underscore Ashley, if you want to check it out. So nice job. Ahead. You got it in. Thank you. You got it in. So um, tell us about your journey with the game. You know, and I don't want to get into the, you know, there are very few female golf professionals in the industry, PGA Class A golf professionals. There's really not a lot of you guys out there, you ladies out there. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it's very similar to my end of the, the industry. There are very, very few uh, female golf course superintendents. There's probably mm -hmm. only about 15 in the entire country. So it's just one of those kind of male-dominated industries I think it's changed quite a bit. I think I see a lot more ladies getting involved in the industry of golf, especially when you're the head golf professional or director of golf. But mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your journey with the game and how you got involved with golf. Go all the way back. All the way back. Yeah, I okay. mean, you're only like yeah. 21. So. I, mean, like I love that. Thank you. like you're in an RV going down memory lane. Going down so memory lane. Yeah. That long drive, that right? That long drive, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, well, I mean, for me, golf started at, two years old wow. and I'm pretty sure there is a VHS tape somewhere in my dad's garage of my very first golf swing which I would love to find honestly. You need to get that out there. <laughs> um, but yeah it started at two. I picked up a club, went to the driving range with him, fell in love with the game um, but I'll be honest I played a lot of other sports. I did you know I played uh, gymnastics, I did gymnastics, I played volleyball, I played baseball from t-ball all the way up to to little league and I was just really involved with those sports but when I really chose volleyball is where, where my golf journey yeah. started which is really strange yeah but volleyball at the time when I was playing in high school I'd really made this uh, jump into kind of a new direction in the sport so I was a setter 
-hmm. It's kind of the only position you can be when you're a little shorter. So uh -huh. of everyone, I'm about five, five and three quarters. Unless you're I libero wish. in the back. <laughs> let, well, see, that's where the libero was introduced. Ah. So I, I transitioned to that, um, you know, that role in that position. And while I was doing that, I kind of dipped my toe in golf. And then I really transitioned full time in high school and I fell in love and yeah. I joined the team. And, uh, you know, I played in college. You got good. I got good and yeah. I loved it. It was fun. Okay. Well, I have to tell everybody, she's got a really, really good golf swing and she <laughs> hits it a long way. So I've played some golf with Ashley and I got to tell you, she pounds a golf ball. Oh, thank so if you. you get a chance to play with Ashley, I definitely would jump at that. Yeah. Well, thank That's you. for sure. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I will say there was a time after college where I had to take a little bit of a break. You know, we inevitably hit that burnout stage. And mm -hmm. I think I put my clubs away for about five years. Oh, I wow. played in one tournament a year in July for my friend's birthday. And the most important shots at that tournament had salt and lime on the rim. So I'll tell you, <laughs> no one cared about the golf. It was a hit and giggle scramble. It sure. was It was just fun. But you know what? Taking the competitive aspect out of it, it brought me back to the game and it made me choose this as a career. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it just made it fun. Yeah, it made it fun again. It just work that, anymore. And from that point, right, when you kind of got back into it, how long did it take you to become that class A PGA professional? Oh, okay. So when I chose to get back in, I joined, the, I, I enrolled at the Golf Academy. Yep. I started working at the Grand Golf Club um, and it took me a couple of years to really decide I was going to fully go into the program because I actually went started in 2017 and then I left golf for a little bit and explored some fitness side. And when I came back, I powered through level one, two, and three in 18 months. I was there when you did it. Which yeah. was, yeah. that was a lot. Uh, did, you, did you power through it with Bosch Power Tools? or? Oh, so Bosch Power Tools is one of our sponsors. Are so they? I, I don't yeah. think Bosch Power Tools was involved. I just had, to, I just had to plug the yeah, title sponsor. Yeah, but thank sponsor, you. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so they don't, the, the PGA of America does not make it easy uh, for somebody to get through the program. And there's no. a reason for that, you know, because they don't want people to just go through and then drop out of the industry. They want of to course. make sure that you understand that it was worth your while and it's something that you want to make into mm -hmm. a career. Yep. Even you, even though you may not be behind the counter or out giving lessons or on the first tee with your members, you may go into something completely different, which leads us into our second question, which is 20 and 20. Yes. And so <laughs> I know I've talked with you on probably three or four occasions in the last few months. Mm -hmm. And my first question is when I when she picks up the phone, where are you today? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> tell, is, tell us yeah. about this yeah. journey, right? No pun intended. Tell yes. us about 2020. Um, okay. So do you remember uh, fall of 2019? I was um, just about to leave Rancho, actually. Mm -hmm. And I went on th a three-week trip. I thought, I'm done with the tan lines and margaritas. I want to see the country and do something local. So I'm going to just rent a Cruise America RV, drive around the country, play golf, grab a couple of my girlfriends, and have a good time. And, and your dog. And my dog. Yeah. And my dog, yes. Um, and you know what? My, the type A in me just turned it into a project. It just, it, I couldn't help myself. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, young in my career, if I could go around the country and play, you know, 20 rounds of golf, 10 rounds of golf, you know, I'm going to talk to all of these pros because that's what we do as professionals. We are courteous. We email the pros. We thank them. We bring them wine and we write thank you cards. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm going to talk to all these pros. Why not see if I can just sit down with them for 30 minutes, talk to them about their experience, see what I can bring back to my club and how I can become 
the best asset I can be for whoever I'm, you know, working with. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I was like actually kind of surprised with how receptive everybody was and how willing mm -hmm. they were to meet with me. And I, I got back and I just thought there's so much more knowledge and anecdotes and best practices and info, everything about this industry that I can find just yeah. by talking to people. Mm -hmm. And I think I put in my notice right when I got back. Yeah, yeah it, it came quick. I know it came quick. Well, you know, she's, uh, Ashley, I've always been impressed with you. Um, you, you're always kind of seeing ahead because this, this industry is tough. And I don't have to tell you, sometimes I think it eats its own. Mm -hmm. um, from my end of the industry, even to uh, the PGA side well, of the industry. She has to see ahead. She's driving a big-ass RV. <laughs> She's driving a big RV when she does yeah. that. Yeah, always absolutely. looking ahead. Yeah. So now, the side, of your, the side of your, is it an RV or is it a, what do we call it, an RV or a motorhome? It's actually a Class B-C motorhome, which is very strange. So... This is why it's unique. So it's a class C where I could sleep above the the coach, yeah. the mm -hmm. coach, the cabin, the cab, the, the cab. cab. Yeah. yeah, I should even know that. Sorry. Okay, the <laughs> cab. Um, but I it actually has a full bathroom in the back, and so there's not a full like bed. Mm -hmm. So I either sleep up top or I sleep on this pull out couch. And it's the livable space is amazing. I love it. It's small. It's 24 feet. It's covered in all of the amazing supporters of 20 and 20. Um, Callaway, Adidas, flagged. Um, you know, True Golf, True Temper, Project X, name yeah. drop, name drop, name drop. Yeah, you don't have to. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's everyone's been so supportive of this journey, and I could have done it without everybody. Oh, Lampkin too, thank you, because you pay for all of my gas. Thank oh, you. Oh, there you go, <laughs> uh, Lampkin. So now, is it is it uh, more uh, women focused? Are you? Tell me who you're interviewing, and what what's your most interesting interview and. I know you just interviewed George Brett and those guys uh, about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. I did. A little more oh, that. that was so much fun. Now, um, George Brett from the Royals fame. George yes. Brett, the Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yes, George I was, Brett. I was in his basement. Wow. We, we actually recorded it at his house. In um, Kansas City. In Kansas City. Yeah, so everybody in Kansas City has a basement. So were you, yes. here we don't. So yeah, was, no. were you underground because of COVID or just because it was a basement? No, it was a basement. I'm and just so kidding. What, <laughs> well, <laughs> so what's funny is the, um, the podcast is called Golf Underground. So oh. we were laughing about how we were underground and where they do their fitness and instruction is underneath the bank. So they're also underground. So I was like, you are guys are marketing geniuses yes, here. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so 20 and 20 pro or 20 and 20 has evolved heavily from 2019 to now. So 20, it, so it stands for 20 years and 20 days. The 20 year part was really about gathering experience from these celebrated professionals who um, we're on the back line of their career. They've lived it. They've experienced it. They have, <laughs> have overcome, you know, everything about the industry that can be kind of tough. And so I wanted to know best practices, challenges, triumphs, and mm -hmm. fun anecdotes. But now it's really about talking to everybody and really finding those thought leaders and anyone that is really in the golf or fitness space, male, female, junior, a player, an architect, a superintendent, a, the women's club champ, you know, whoever. Yeah. And it's really about talking to them about golf and what they're doing to help grow the game. Right. So right. it's really inclusive. And I, I really want to emphasize that word, inclusive, because our industry can be seen as maybe being a little bit exclusive. Yeah, And we does. are, yeah. you know what? I really want to just sit and focus and feature 
and highlight some of the pros who are coming and or the next generation of golf pros that mm -hmm. are really making it inclusive. Yeah. So That's awesome. power to you, all of you. Well, so I, I, I can't think of a better time for you to be involved in an endeavor like this because golf is going absolutely berserk. It is. I've never seen it as packed. So I play at the Goat. <laughs> I play at Goat Hill Park. And last uh, last Friday, we, we couldn't get out until 3.30 in the afternoon. And that, even then, I had to pull some teeth to try to get them to squeeze us in because we, we hadn't made a time. We just kind of tried to sneak in a little bit um, because we have a skins game that goes on. And usually, somebody has a block of tee times. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. we showed up, and man, those got snapped up like crazy. And so golf is just going absolutely crazy right now. It is. Try to find equipment. You can't get the equipment no. that you want. You can't get it. You no. can't find it. So people are, are packing the golf courses, and it's, it's just been, been going crazy. So I, I can't think of a better time for you you yeah. can be involved. It's so. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I so. love it. Bring on the golfers. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Royal St. George's and, and the Open that's coming up. Yes. Um, did you have some questions for me on the conditioning? Because I know we touched You know what, Tim Barrier? I do have questions for you. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a couple questions yeah. for you, actually. Okay. So, and I have to say, I will be on the hosting side soon, and you will be my guest because ah. we're going to do this again. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Because I really want to know, from your perspective, especially for the open talk, what are they doing right now? Yeah. What is it? Ten days? Eight days? Eight days before round one? What's happening? What are they building? What are they mowing? What are they bringing in? What are they? Not mowing. Yeah. yeah. What's what's happening? What's what's going well, on over there? The, I think the setups um, for the golf courses in the British Isles um, have have become more modernized over time, but you've got a culture over there that is completely different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you go to Winged Foot or you go to Marion uh, for a U.S. Open, uh, you're going to see uh, ultimately refined conditions. You know, inside the ropes, whether or not that's a rough cut or it's a fairway cut. Um, the islands over there, and I've, I've played in Scotland before, it is a different mentality, it is a pure concept of the game. And so the greenkeepers over there, which is what they're called, they still call them greenkeepers. And here in the United States, we've turned into golf course superintendents, we've turned into directors of agronomy. If you go back to Scotland, you're still a greenkeeper, and I still consider myself a greenkeeper as well, because I think it is, is definitely something that uh, uh, is an honorable uh, thing to do as far as a career is concerned. Uh, so there's there are fescue grasses, which are drier grasses. They're they're harder to get thick. Um, a lot of times you'll see the the rough in the British Isles. Um, the the primary rough it looks very heavy, it looks very thick, but you can actually get your golf club through it because it's a much drier plant. These fescues are much drier plants, and so if you go to Torrey Pines, a lot of ryegrass, a lot of kakuya, it's a stickier, sugarier plant and it's harder to get your club head through. Um, but if you hit it outside over there, you're hitting it into gorse and heather and all kinds of things that you really can't advance your golf ball that you don't really see in the United States. Yeah. If you yeah. hit it into that stuff in the United States, you're basically out of bounds. So watch yeah. out Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen gorse before, but it is nothing but solid thorns. It's beautiful to look at. It's a yellow flower and it's gorgeous. As soon as you walk up to it and your ball's in there, your ball's gone. It is nothing but a dense packed Thorns. Wow. It's, it's, it makes mm -hmm. a rose, but it looks like a crown of thorns on steroids. And so um, they're turning the water off. 
they're getting those surfaces as baked down as they can to a certain extent. The conditioning though has come up and conditioning's done through frequency of cut, right? So they'll, they'll mow these surfaces very frequently. And I, I, I've had members say to me, well, why can't we have our golf course like Augusta National? <laughs> I say, well, we could, but we're gonna have to quadruple our budget just because of the labor that it takes to get those conditions. And so they're going through frequencies of cut, they're withholding water, they're trying to deliver a very firm condition and they're trying to expose the champion golfer of the year. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've heard tour players say that this is an unfair test, but you know what, somebody always wins. And so somebody figures it out. <laughs> and I know that the USGA, their goal is the holy grail, which is par. They don't want, if they can help it, to have anybody shooting under par. Yeah. I was at Shinnecock, I think in 2005, when uh, uh, Retief Goosen won, and I think he shot two over par one or two over par, and Mickelson was kind of in the hunt. There was a couple other guys that were in the hunt, um, but that's their holy grail. Well, you go to the British Isles, I don't think they really care. The, the RNA doesn't care necessarily about par so much like the USGA does. They just want to make sure that they find the best golfer, and that is the champion golfer of the mm. year, which I think is really kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. Golfer yeah. of the year. So um, that's what you can expect. You're going to expect you know, fescue grasses, uh, fast, super fast, firm conditions and no water, but it could rain. They could have terrible weather. Uh, you you yeah. play over there, you never know. You never yeah, know what you're going to get. And so it's, uh, it's I mean, kind of tough. you definitely get fish and chips, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> you will get fish and chips and you'll get a pint, man. That's for sure. Um, one of the things that I, I ask all of my, um, my guests is if you could send a text to every golfer in the world, every single golfer in the world would get it in their own language. What would that, I don't know if you've had a chance to kind of think about that, if you've seen that on a couple of the oh. shows. What would that text be? I mean, I know I know what it would be on my end, but I would like to know what, what it would be on your end. Interesting question. Um, okay, so did anybody watch the match yesterday? Yes. Oh, no, no, not that match. I, no. saw, I saw bits and pieces of it, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, so, you know, Tom Brady has the nickname that he doesn't like, right? The goat. The goat. Yeah. Grace of all Grace time. Grace of all time. Yeah. So my text to everybody, just before you hit the first tee, just to be a little bit humble and realize that just don't be discouraged because even the goat doesn't have great golf shots. It's <laughs> a bad one. You though. know, he hits some bad ones. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's very humbling to, to just see, even seeing some of our actual tour players like hitting bad shots. Hmm. It really is. I'm sorry to say. To but <laughs> well, I had Bryson in my pool. Bryson okay. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bryson, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> We're not piling nice on. We're not piling on, Bryson, I swear. It's a hard game. Actually, so Bryson played uh, at SMU uh, with one of our members, um, um, Ryan uh, Burgess. Yep. Who I've, mm -hmm. I've known Ryan since he was, well, old enough to hold a golf club. He's three years old. And he played at SMU with Bryson. Yep. And uh, boy, they had, I think they had a good season, too. Um, but they, they have a good... I think they still have a relationship. They're still friends. Yeah. Um, so cool. if uh, Mickey or Ryan, you guys are watching this, hello. Nice to, nice to hi say guys. hi to you guys. I just got to play with Mickey you a, did. a couple months ago. Well, I, I'd love to have Mickey on the show too. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Mickey Burgess? Oh, Mickey. So we have a wall in the in the golf shop. I say we like I'm still there. They have a wall in the golf shop that has the, the club championship. Santa Fe, yeah. Yeah, Rancho Santa Fe that has the club championship on it, and her name is on there. I don't know. What would at you least guess? 10 times at least 10 times yeah. Yeah. she is really. a fantastic fantastic woman yeah. great golfer just all around 
wonderful human being. And an even better personality. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. She's so So she fun. played college tennis and just transitioned to golf. I think she'd always mm. play golf. Nice. Uh, but there's <laughs> another lady there named Kate Grace, and it was just back and forth yeah. with Kate and Mickey <laughs> for about 20 years. Yep. And mm. e even my staff would come out and watch them going at it for the last three or four holes. Yep. It was such a, a great competition. Wow. So, um, so there's one other thing I did want to ask you. You know, you're a good player. Uh, you've been around the game a long time. Um, and you play a lot of golf. I do. You play a lot of golf courses all over the country. For for you, for somebody that's an insider in the business, what's the most important thing? When you walk up onto that first tee, it's a tee, it's a teeing ground or a teeing area, but it is not a tee box. When you walk up onto that first tee, what's the most important thing for you uh, about your experience as you get ready to hit your shot? Oh, wow. So so my I consider the arrival experience when I pull in to the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So I would say my the arrival experience is the most important for me, and that runs all the way through the first tee, all the way through the 18th green. Uh. And I would say the arrival experience, um, the course, the welcome, and then 100% the conditioning of the course. Conditioning. Conditioning. Oh, isn't that interesting? Oh, is that the word of the day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, conditioning. It's it's really important. I mean, if you're showing up, you know, the, the whole experience in itself is not just the golf course. It's not just the 19th hole cocktail afterwards, yeah. you know, talking with your buddies and making fun of some of their shots. It's not, it's about everything altogether. Yeah. And the thing you always remember hopefully is not necessarily the bad shots, but the great ones or the great visuals you have of the golf course. Yep. And that is a product of the conditioning. conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turf conditions. Yes. Um, I think that's one thing that brings golfers back. You know, if they show up at a place that's, that's not in great shape because they're not spending the money on the budget or whatever, mm -hmm. um, the thing that brings it back, it brings me back too, is that it's, it's one of the greatest, you know, things for me that sticks out as a conditioning. And I'm gonna, I'll do a shout out that one of the finest conditioned golf courses I've ever played is Lakeside Golf Club, ah. and my friend Robert Hertzing, uh, who's been the superintendent there for a number of years, it might be the finest conditioned golf course in probably the Western United States that I've ever seen. Wow. And it's just like, it's time for a moment of silence. The guy is amazing, it's incredible, uh, the amount of level of detail that wow. he's able to deliver. Yeah, well, for so. hacks like me, what brings me back to a course is <laughs> that one shot. The you one know, shot. Everybody has one shot yeah. in a round where it it's brings like, you back from the dead. You hit, you know, boom, and then whatever, and you're like, okay, yep. I think I'm mastering this game now. Sinking <laughs> a long putt yeah. to finish your round now I off. Got 97 more shots to go, yeah. right? But the golf industry thanks you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're so happy you're in the industry. We keep the cash register open. You, That's you definitely what brings do. me. But yes, yeah. the beauty of it, the surroundings, and, and the experience, like you said, but. It's for the, the local hacks like myself, it's just that one shot yeah. or those, you know, it's just that one that's like, you know what, I think I got this golf game thing down, so I'm going to come back. I love Even that. We, we never do. So yeah. one thing I'd like to do um, is just to promote you a little bit more, too. When we're done, let, let's get some, maybe some photos of your, your RV. And, and so when everybody's out driving around and they see her yeah. RV driving down the road, you know that it's Ashley and yes. you know yeah. what she's doing. and. So what's your next uh, your next step? What's your next interview? What's, what's your, your next, next trip? trip? Oh, my next trip. I'm going to the Ryder Cup. You're going to the how, Ryder Cup. How ironic is that? You wow. ride in an RV and you're going to the Ryder, I'm Ryder Cup. I'm going to the Ryder Cup. So this is interesting. This will be um, kind of a round two of the first trip because I drove with all my girlfriends up to Wisconsin and went to Whistling. Yeah. So to be back for the Ryder Cup. Hazel team. Yes. Yes. Is just... 
yeah. it's a dream. I mean, it's a dream just like it was going to the Masters. Yeah. The Masters was incredible. And We've speaking of about it. conditioning and labor, so let me tell you. So on Wednesday, the practice round, we're walking the course and I'm coming back from, I mean, I walked down to 16, back up to the range, down to Amen Corner, back up, back down to 16. It was beautiful. It was phenomenal. But we were sitting on, I believe it was number seven, and the last group of practice rounders came through. And within five seconds of them exiting the green, you had at least four green greenkeepers yes. coming to work on that green. Oh yeah. They were stimping everything, they were cutting everything, they were fixing every ball mark. I mean, we're talking four people to one hole. Yeah. And and they weren't the only ones going around these eighteen yeah. holes fixing everything. It was incredible to see. It's like ants. No, yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> are they full time? Like of course like the mass I mean not the masters, but like Hey Tory Pine Augusta. Are those those I mean obviously you got four guys to one green. Yep. That's for the Masters, but are they full-time? Like, is that normal? They have a or? very large full-time staff, but they yeah. have a huge volunteer staff. Ah. And so a lot of those are, are interns from Penn State University, and they won't allow anybody else besides interns from Penn State University onto that really? property to do any of the maintenance. Wow. No, no, they've had a long-standing relationship all the way back to Paul Latshaw, who was kind of the grandfather of, of golf course maintenance at the more modern level. Um, and his son, Paul Jr., is now the superintendent at Marion, where they've got some big events coming up over here mm. over the next few years. So okay. uh, that's where they had the U.S. Open when Justin Rose won a few years back. It's, and that just shows you that you can still win a U.S. Open and not be one of these bomber players like, you know, like a Bryson DeChambeau. Like a Bryson. Because you, you, you got, you got um, Rose um, at a 7,000-yard golf course, and you have to hit really straight because yeah. the fairways are 17, 17 yards wide. So. Yep. So, but it also shows you that if you want to work at the Masters or volunteer, you have to go to Penn State. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're going to be working on the grounds crew, that's yeah. pretty much the way it is. So if you want to be part of the crew, go to Penn State. Go to Penn State University. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. That's the pedigree. It's true. Well, so I think we're we're done here. I think Ashley's done a terrific job. Oh, yeah. It's well, been you. wonderful I to have so. you. Thank you. I think so. So... Guys, don't forget, you can find Ashley on uh, Instagram at livinggolffit underscore Ashley with a Y. Yes, thank you. And you can follow her on her website at 20and20pro.com. So you can see the amazing pictures that she shares and her journey. And you are going to start a, a YouTube channel, correct? Yes. With, with your interviews and your podcast yes. and everything, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel now. Um, there's a lot of content that's about to be uploaded very soon, yeah. um, which is really actually RV, uh, RV life tips, golf tips, fitness tips, and of course, um, the, the shows, the episodes and the series that... I'm creating of all of the travel and people yeah. that I interview. So uh, nice. And I'd, yeah. I'd be happy to come on and maybe we'll get Mickey Burgess on there too. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'd awesome. love that. That would be so, so fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Fresh Cut podcast. And we're sponsored or powered by... Powered by Bosch. Yes. Powered by so Bosch. Thank you so much, Ashley, for, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. It was a great time today. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> thank you. Take care, Bye, guys. guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Fresh Cut. Tune in next week for another amazing guest and make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And if you're playing the great game of golf today, fill in those divots and stay on the cart paths.